Good morning. My name is Thomas, as you already know, because I've I've been leading. I've had a little costume change. We're going to open up God's Word. We're in week two of a series called New Roads and Rivers, looking at what, what does it look like to walk in the new that God has for us and what could be stopping us in those moments. So we're in the book of Isaiah. Excuse me. And just to give you a bit of a recap or a bit of context around Isaiah, he was a prophet that lived in Jerusalem and he spoke to leaders in Jerusalem and Judah on behalf of God. And the writings in Isaiah were warnings and also writings of hope that God would fulfill his promises, that a king is coming, uh, a king that would bring blessing and a king that would bring hope. And it's this hope that fueled Isaiah to speak out against idolatry and to speak out against people who were who had turned from God, which is a constant recurring thing. So as a broad overview, chapter 1 to 39 gives uh, the warnings and the judgments and just generally, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This isn't, this isn't honouring God. And then chapters 40 to 66 go into the promises of God and the hope carried forward into these times. A mission to restore, to be a light to the nations. And it's remarkable writings that foretold so much. And the response of the people, similar to how the book is split with warnings and hope, there was, there was two responses, really, uh, to these writings from Isaiah. There was a response of humility. So there's a group of people who responded in humility and a deep sense of repentance and acknowledgement of their sin and soft hearts, clean hands and pure hearts uh, coming to God. And then there was a group of people who just completely rejected it, rejected what they heard. So Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you a couple of questions to kick things off this morning. Have you ever been on the phone and you have that instant panic where your phone is? So you're maybe chatting, here's my phone, maybe chatting to Margaret, your neighbour or a friend or a family member, chatting away and you're oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Where have I put it? Where have I put it? Oh, no. I don't know why you check. I, I never have pockets there, but where have I? Oh, and then you have the relief. Anybody done that? Or you're a glasses wearer or sunglasses. And you're like, where have I put them? Where have I put them? And you shout over to a family member, John, do you know where I put my, my glasses? And he looks over and they're on your head. Or you're at the park and uh, you're at the park with your children and you, you, can't, you can't see your child. Where's my child? Where's my child? They're not in the swings, they're not in the slide, they're not in the grass bit, they're not playing football. Where are they? And in all this panic, you're just about to shout out, and you realise that your child's at the bottom of your feet looking up going, Daddy, is everything okay? And the relief is palpable. There was, I wonder what that is. Those, is that just getting old? I don't know. Or is it just me? I don't know. A well-known study in the 90s, in the late 90s, which seems not that long ago, it's over 20 years, asked participants to watch a video and count the number of times that a basketball was being passed between two groups of people. There was a group of people that were dressed in white and a group of people that were dressed in black. They were passing the basketball back and forth. And all the people watching the video had to do was count how many times it had happened. 
In the middle of that video, a man dressed in a gorilla suit appeared and started doing gorilla things, like beating his chest and jumping up and down. And uh, the funny thing about this experiment or this study was about half of the people who watched the video clip didn't notice the gorilla. And it's an example of what's called inattentional blindness. And it's a term which describes our inability to notice something that's happening right in front of us, usually because it's unexpected or because our attention is focused elsewhere. So, as I said before, we're on week two of our series, New Roads and Rivers. How do we make sure we don't miss the new things that God has for us? What if it is right in front of our eyes, under our noses, and we're carrying and living it out of a place of inattentional blindness? Oh, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to be blinded to what the Lord is doing. I don't want it to be right under my nose. I want to step in to the new. I want to make sure I, I carry a fuller view in the day-to-day. -day. The line I want to look at is, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? For us to be a people that walk in the new roads and rivers, we long to be a people that see it when it springs up. We long to be a people that perceive it and, and know that it's God and to follow that route. So how do we live day to day in a place that would better allow us to see and to perceive? How do we become a see and perceive people? There's lots of things we could go into this morning, but I want to focus on three things that uh, might help us combat inattentional blindness and to step in to the new. Firstly, we choose well. We choose well. As adults, we make 35,000 conscious choices every day. 35,000. Just imagine that. You're waking up. <sighs> that was nearly a, a real... Oh, is that a real yawn? No. Waking up. Do you press the snooze button? Or do you get up right away? I'm going to press the snooze button five or six times. Half an hour late. It's okay. I'll still manage. Do we listen to Radio 1 or Radio 2? I'm a Radio 2 man now, Radio 1's too loud. Whoa, nearly fell. <laughs> I'm a Radio 2 man. When we're getting dressed, what are we going to wear? What socks are we going to wear? Is it going to be the SpongeBob SquarePants socks or the Greatest Snowman socks? I have got those sets and I love the SpongeBob ones. Is it going to be toast or cereal for breakfast? And then when I choose the toast, is it going to be peanut butter or jam? Is it going to be tea or coffee? Is it going to be a t-shirt or jumper? Don't worry, I'm not going to go right through the day. But when it comes to other choices, are we going to spend time in God's Word or are we going to stick on another episode on Netflix and see what happens? Are we going to listen to worship music or are we going to, are we going to listen to other music? And it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with the other stuff, but just our choices matter. Our choices matter in terms of our walks with God. Are we going to give or are we going to hold back? That uh, encouragement that we thought about a person that we know, are we going to just keep it as a nice thought or are we going to make the call and share it? Are we going to push down the struggles that we're having or are we going to go and find help? Are we going to defuse the situation or are we going to explode 
into that situation? Are we going to be real in uh, an encounter moment or do we need to be right in that moment? Do we speak seeds of life or do we grow weeds? Do we say sorry or do we remain proud? Are we generous with what we have or do we store it all up? Our choices form who we become. To see the new, we must be aware of how our choices can impact. God can still speak out the blue if we are distant and disconnected. That can totally happen. But what I'm saying is, it's the choice of relationship that brings revelation. It's the choice of repetition. When we don't feel like it or we don't have time, but I choose because this choice, this repetition will bring formation. A forming of God, revealing more his heart for me, his direction, his plans for my life, his love. And you know, the new might be the revelation or the reminder of just how much he loves you this morning. For me, this past year, or not even this past year, this past couple of months, Jesus has been taking me on a journey of, of discovering deeper his love for me, his love, his great love. It's like when we choose to eat well and we say no to Skittles and Galaxy and Monster Munch and Iron Brew and we say yes to hummus and carrots and porridge. You know, sometimes that just isn't exciting, is it? But something is forming and changing in us. Those choices are affecting inside our bodies and outside our physical, mental and emotional state will alter. And these choices are impacting. You know, spiritually, when we choose to eat well, before we check our social media feeds, we spend time with the Father. When we say we'll pray for someone, we, we pray for someone. When we tune in to online church, and here again, that moment of let's worship. And you go for it. You just go for it. Even if, it's, if it feels strange and it feels empty. When we read God's word, when we attend a life group, when we follow and read a daily devotional, when we initiate these rhythms of repetition, something is happening inside of us. And then it feels ever so slightly easier to reject the monster munch. We begin to let truth plant in our souls and lies begin to not take root, but they begin to bounce off and deflect. And we feel the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit is whispering into areas of our lives of repentance and sin, and we deal with it. Just like some of the healthy foods aren't great at the beginning, our online church feels like it doesn't scratch the itch fully. But formation is happening. Change is happening. We know it's good for us. And our spiritual health begins to improve. We start to feel the Father's nudges. Our hearts begin to grow and soften in spaces and places that we never thought of before. We find ourselves being moved in particular uh, things we see or hear, we begin to find something rising in us of a, a new hunger 
to pray and petition for things that aren't right, for injustices we see. We begin to operate and choose to live in a kingdom mindset of faith, bolder. And we begin to see things differently. We'll still suffer heartache and knocks, but we have our foundation of faith walking to journey it. Formation is happening. There's no formation without repetition. Moses in Deuteronomy 30, speaking to the Israelites, before handing over to Joshua to lead God's people into the promised land, says in verse 15, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. There's a choice. And our choices right now, today, matter more than ever in this season. And each one we make concerning our walk with Jesus, however small they may seem, will cause seeds to grow with God or weeds to multiply. Life and death. I wonder what we're feeding right now. Because if the weeds, the weeds grow too big, our view is hampered. Our view of the new is seen, it just feels difficult to get through. Can I encourage us around life groups as we launch into that season? They're so key. They're so key in doing life in community and not isolation. To have folk who encourage us and love us who, and who are concerned and interested, who are family. Feed into those spaces over this next season, community and connection. And remember around those uh, rhythms of repetition that formation is happening. Our, our, our diets are, are changing. Something's happening inside of us. So we choose well. Also, we journey disappointment well. We are, or I, I want to get into my garden this, this year. I want to I uh, be more invested in it. I've got some plans for it. Last year I did a little bit during lockdown, but... With spring in the air, I want to do some stuff in the garden and make it look great over the next couple of months. I, I've heard that Monty Don, I've been watching his programme and he's got a new book out. I think he's revamped his old book and I'm signing that up as well. But last year, we had a lot of weeds in our garden and in the grass and I pulled them up and initially it wrecked loads of patches on our front lawn. So it looked all patchy and it didn't look better put seed on it and just had to wait and it didn't look for ages like anything was happening but then just in the last week I've seen some green shoots of recovery I've seen some life burst forth and I felt that that was just a little picture for some of us this morning that the weeds are there and we're living with deep disappointment or we're living with hurt over past situations and they're blocking the new they're overpowering our future view and we're scared of the mess it'll make if we pull them up. And we don't want to. We're resisting it. But deep down we know that they're holding us back. And I really feel this is a, a key one for some of us uh, this morning. That for some of us we don't want to walk anymore because we just hurt. We just hurt. Things we maybe got wrong in the past. Or when we've made a faith step and it went terribly, didn't go how we wanted it to go. Or things that 
annoy us or just dominating our thoughts and our actions or people that are annoying us dictate our, our days and our daily plans or a conversation that we've had has really upset us and taken, taken root or we have a, a deep fear of getting things wrong or saying the wrong thing and fear is stopping us and our past hurts and all, all that stuff uh, isn't allowing us to see further than the routine we have right now. Actually, what we're doing now, just soldiering on, we can't see past that. We can't see anything new. And because of that, we've shut down to the new. Maybe the Lord is saying this morning, it's, it's time to get back up. And that the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4 verse 4. Remembering who Jesus is. Any situation or person that's held you down, Jesus wants to lavish you with his love this morning. He wants to mend those heart hurts. He wants the focus to move from the hearts directing your decisions. And for the focus to move to him, to Jesus to look to Jesus, to bring it to him, to let him have your heart afresh this morning, to let him take it all, to go on the process of digging up those weeds. He wants to bring life and he wants to bring regrowth this morning. I really believe that. And maybe for some of us, it's remembering to keep short accounts, to journey disappointment well. When our hearts twitch or something's off, with a situation towards something and it, it, it bubbles up a negative reaction. We have a, a space, a safe space where we can go, oh, that wasn't right. That wasn't good what I'm feeling. I need, to, I need to have a space where I can process that. I need to have somebody to speak to around that. I need to give that to Jesus. And we don't let it take root and we don't let it grow and we don't water it. And we don't let it impact our rest of days. We don't let it impact our choices. And we choose to journey it well. And we all have that. We all have that. And maybe the Lord is wanting, Jesus in his kindness is wanting to remind us that that's not ours to carry and to keep short accounts. And he's came that we may have life and life to the full. So we journey and then finally, we journey adventure well. I want to tell you a little story. Oh, let me just get the sheet of paper. I've left it on the table. It's a little story of a 10-year-old boy. And he's been sleeping out in his tent. It's actually for more than a year in memory of two family friends. His name's Max Woozy. And he was inspired to sleep out every night in a tent left to him by his friend and neighbour Rick who died last February. Rick, who was 74, told Max, promise me you'll have an adventure in here before he died from cancer. He gifted him this tent. And Max has raised more than 16,000 pounds for the North Devon Hospice that cared for Rick and his wife in their final days. And that was back in October and I heard on the radio yesterday that he's now raised over £400,000. The 10-year-old said the best part of sleeping outside was escaping parents and getting to read the Beano for as long as you want. He added the worst bits had been the weather 
and finding an ant's nest underneath the tent. I sometimes get a bit freaked out when it's stormy weather, but I wouldn't say I get scared. However, Max said he now preferred sleeping in a tent to indoors and enjoyed listening to the birds and the weather battering against the tent. I was just really struck by those words that Rick shared with Max. Promise me you'll have an adventure in here. Promise me you'll have an adventure. Here's my tent. And it just reminded me of Jesus. You know, here's my, sp here's my spirit. Go and have an adventure. We are made for adventure. When we understand that, we see the new and we take the risk. We see what the Father is doing and we are a people who follow where the favour is, where the, the Father is working. If we want to journey adventure better, let's be more like Max. He was brave, he took a risk, he did something no one else done, he persevered in the storms and he now prefers that way of living. Faith is spelled T-R-Y, to see and perceive what the Lord is doing, to step into the new, whatever that might be for each and every one of us. We need to choose well. We need to journey disappointment well. And we need to adventure well. Promise me you'll have an adventure in here.